You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints of God, Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted for you. Now, this doesn't mean that we can't learn anything from Him standing there against the devil, beating Him back time after time, not, and this is amazing, not with His own strength and with His own might, but rather with the Word of God. We should learn this too. Jesus is our example here, teaching us that the only way to overcome the devil and his temptations is not by our own strength or our own power, but rather with the Lord's Word. Luther says, that God's Word is like a fumigation against the devil. I don't know if you know this. Uh, growing up in Texas, anyways, I remember a couple of times a year, Mom would get these cans of something, fumigating stuff, and crack them open, and this bug-destroying fog would start to creep through the house, and we'd have to leave for the whole day and come back to dead bugs. <laughs> this is the picture of God's Word. That when you read it with your family, when you, when you meditate on it in your devotions, when it's, when you listen to it being preached, you should, you should imagine billows of devil destroying fog coming out of the pages of the scripture, overflowing the pulpit. The devil himself is running. There's nothing that can overthrow the devil in this world that you have except for the scriptures. And we see it in the text. Jesus was tempted, at least we have three temptations recorded. The temptation to turn stones into bread. The temptation to jump into the angel's arms. The temptation to worship the devil with the reward being the nations of the world. And Jesus answers each of these temptations with the Scripture. Specifically, He quotes verses from Deuteronomy. I mean, this the more we think about it, the more stunning this is. That Jesus doesn't use His own divine power and majesty, which He has. He is the eternal uh, Son of God, the one begotten of the Father. God of God, light of light, very God of very God. He could have destroyed the devil with His power and with His might, but He doesn't. He uses the words of Moses. And this, dear saints, should encourage us. It should encourage us that we should do the same. That we should use the Scripture against the devil. That we should study the Bible and read it and learn it and memorize it and talk about it with our family and and with our friends. I've been thinking about this quite a a lot lately. That, you know, most people uh, consider themselves students when they're younger and then they graduate from high school or from college or from whatever and they, they leave behind the vocation of student. But this is not the case with the Lord's Christians. We are our entire lives students of the Scripture. We spend our whole lives learning them. And, and we approach the Scriptures this way, not just to read them devotionally, but also to read them academically, to know something about them, to, to know the books of the Bible and, and when they were written and why they were written and to know the, 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 the false doctrines that the apostles and that the prophets were fighting against, to know how the parts of the Bible fit together and, and to know how this was used all through church history, how, how different teachers taught different texts and, and, and brought them forth. This is, this is part of our, our calling as Christians, part of our vocation of being 
the Lord's people. And it's a serious endeavor. Yeah, I'll give, I gave you Luther before. Here, I'll give you a Luther quotation from his introduction to the large catechism. Where he's, he's all over the people, uh, over us, and especially the pastors, but the Lord's people, to read the catechism and the scriptures. And he says, Yet we should feel sufficiently constrained by the command of God alone, who solemnly enjoins us in Deuteronomy 6, that we should always meditate upon His precepts, sitting, walking, standing, lying down and rising, and have them before our eyes and in our hands as a constant mark and sign. Doubtlessly, He did not so solemnly require and enjoin this without a purpose, but because the Lord knows our danger and need as well as the constant and furious assaults and temptations of the devil, He wishes to warn, equip, and preserve us against them as with a good armor against the fiery darts and with good medicine against evil infection. Luther continues, Oh, what mad, senseless fools we are, that we, while we must ever live and dwell among such mighty enemies as the devils are, we nevertheless despise our weapons and our defense and are too lazy to look at or think of them. (laughs) So far, Luther. And he's really echoing our text. He says, either either you hear and study and read and learn and inwardly digest the Scriptures, or you get chewed up and spit out by the devil. Those are your two options. (laughs) So the question that we have before us first today is this. Do you consider yourself a student of the Scripture? And do you act accordingly? Do you take your Bible study seriously? as if your life depended on it because your life depends on it. There's another thing that we notice in the text, and that is that Jesus' temptation in the wilderness comes immediately after His baptism. The temptation starts in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 3 ended with the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River by His cousin, John the Baptist. And remember, it was in the baptism of Jesus that God the Father spoke from heaven and said, This, Jesus, is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now notice that when the Holy Spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, the devil comes tempting him to doubt that very word of God. The Father said, This is my beloved Son. And the devil says, If you are the Son of God. Twice, if you are the Son of God. And we see in this that the devil assaults the promise that God made to Jesus in His baptism. You see that? Now, this is important because the same thing is true. The devil does the same thing for you in your conscience. He attacks the promise that God that God gives you and specifically he attacks the promises of your baptism. In baptism, you were forgiven all your sins, but the devil comes tempting you to doubt that your sins are forgiven and that God, God's mercy is for you. In baptism, your sinful flesh was drowned, was buried, so that you could walk in newness of life, not following your sinful desires. But the devil comes along tempting you to live according to your flesh, to say that God doesn't care what you do. In baptism, you were adopted into the family of God. 
You were called God's child and his friend. But the devil comes along to tempt you to think that God doesn't even like you. You're appalling to him. In one way or another, all of the devil's temptations are against you and specifically are against your baptism. But here we see that Jesus is our example again where he stands in the promises of God. Your baptism also stands. God's promises for you are true. And none of the devil's lies can undo them. But look, in the end, there's a lot more to the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness than him being our example, how to fight off the devil. He's not just there to show us how to do it. He is there to do it for us. He's not just there as our example. He's there as our champion. I mean, look, you could memorize the entire Bible. You could study every single last word that's in there, and it would do you no good if Jesus would have failed in this test and fallen in the wilderness, if he was overcome by the devil. I mean, we will fail, and we will fall, and we will sin, but Jesus stands, and he wins the day. And this, by the way, is important. When the church, when we get together and we sing songs about spiritual warfare, it's better to have Jesus out marching to battle and not ourselves. When we sing songs like Onward Christian Soldiers, it is a bit of a gloomy proposition because it's not so likely that we're going to be able to stand up under the devil's temptation. It's better to send Jesus out to fight for us, to hold the field forever, to take up our cause, to, to, to go toe-to-toe with the devil in our place so that we rejoice that he has done it. And, and that's what we see in the text, that Jesus has taken up the battle that we lost to the devil and now he begins the victory. I mean, when you are tempted, realize, when you are tempted by the devil, you're tempted to not be a Christian. But when the devil tempts Jesus, he tempts him not to be, a, not to be the Savior. Not to go to the cross. To avoid pain and suffering and trouble. All the things that stood before him as his, as his office of Messiah. Jesus is tempted, uh, unlike you, when you're tempted to disbelieve and to unbelieve, Jesus is tempted to lay down his work to take the easy path, to choose to go the way without pain and without hunger, without without spit and, and spear and whip and nail and cross and grave. But Jesus stands, and when He stands, it means He saves. Jesus stood where Adam and Eve fell, and Jesus stood where you have fallen. Jesus stood against the devil, and this is His victory over Him for you. For when Jesus is tempted in every way and yet remains without sin, He is perfect for you. Theologically, we call this the active righteousness of Christ. That He perfectly kept the law. That He never sinned. That He never broke any of the commandments. And this is important because when Jesus goes to be the sacrifice, He must be the unblemished Lamb. And when He goes to stand before the Father with His blood, it must be a righteous blood that avails before the Father's face. 
Any sin on behalf of Jesus would disqualify him from being the Savior because he then would have deserved his death. But now he stands without sin so that he lays down his life freely by his own choice. And by this laying down of his own life, he triumphs over the devil in his death. And he wins for you the forgiveness of your sins. You see that when Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, the devil is trying to make Jesus ineligible to die on the cross. He's trying to make Jesus disqualify Himself as being your Lord and your Savior. He's trying to forfeit Jesus from this contest, but He fails. Jesus then, in the wilderness, is being tempted for you, and He's standing for you, and He's overcoming the devil for you, so that on the cross He can die for you. And in his ascension, he can pray for you. And now, his perfection, his active righteousness, his never sinning, even when being blasted by the devil in the wilderness, all of it is now for you. This righteousness that defines the life and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, this righteousness is what he applies to your account. What you have by faith in his promise. So that when it's time for you to be judged, to stand before the Father, you, who all your life are falling, you at last will stand. You will stand with Jesus and stand in His righteousness. Stand against the devil and his accusations. Stand before the face of God because you are clothed and wrapped in this perfect obedience of Christ. And this, dear saints, in the midst of all of our troubles and in in the midst of all of our temptations is our great comfort. For in Jesus overcoming the devil in the wilderness, you have overcome the devil. In Jesus dying on the cross for your sins, your sins have been forgiven. And in Jesus' resurrection from the grave, your death is destroyed. So we rejoice. Jesus was in the wilderness showing us how to do it. (laughs) But we'll never live up to that. But even more and wonderfully comforting, Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted and not falling for you. And this is your comfort and this is your peace. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. 
On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in his grace.